0: Webcast. I'm Pete, your host. Uh, that's not just a coincidence. That's my real name, if you can believe it or not. Um, that was some excellent music from the Maximum Carnage video game, just in case you're curious. A uh, couple of housekeeping things before we really get into this issue. Issue number two of Amazing Spider-Man. Um, we're going to just call this uh, Amazing Spider Webcast Issue 2 for Real, or something like that. Because I thought, it's going to be really annoying to be one number off, 700 issues in. For 700 issues, we'd be one issue off in terms of what numbers we were saying and uh, where we actually were in the chronology of the episode numbers would be one off from the issue we were reading. And that just doesn't even make sense, does it? Wait a second. I solved this problem already. Guys, I've been drinking. I forgot that I solved this problem by calling the first one Issue Zero. So welcome to Episode 2 and Issue 2. Oh, God, am I dumb. Uh, I also thought, I i wondered today. I was thinking, I guess maybe for some people, uh, there needs to be some kind of spoiler alert here. Uh, yes, whichever issue we're talking about, we are going to completely spoil. We are going to say everything that happens... Uh, there will be no mystery remaining. My suggestion is that you either just don't care about reading The Amazing Spider-Man at number three, because you've had many opportunities. Um, But if you do care, if you wanted to read along with us, you can consider this sort of a book club uh, where you have to read one comic book a week. That's not too crazy, right? Or you could read a bunch in a row and then listen to the show and talk about them. So the good news is you'll know which one we're talking about, I also wanted to just quickly explore with you some options, just in case you're not a comic reader. You know, how how could you read these? Because these are old comics. These are worth a ton of money. So obviously you're probably don't... Obviously you're probably maybe really not going to go out and go buy all this stuff, right? That would be insane. That would be... Carnage. So here's the... Here's what I'm going to suggest. I'm going to suggest a couple ways to read these. Uh, these early issues, the best way to read them is going to be in your Amazing Spider-Man Marvel Omnibus Edition. And this is a huge, fat book. Uh, it's a little pricier, but what you're getting is a quality print, good paper, and it's printed with like a lot of the supplemental material, too. So that really adds to the whole thing. They look beautiful. Uh, that, it's the best way. Now, it's it's pricier, right, than some of the other options. So I'm throwing it out there first as what I would say is the highest quality experience. You've also got your Marvel Masterworks. That's going to be similar to the Omnibus editions, probably similar in price, if not more expensive, too. Now, here is where we get into some other possible options. Uh, there's something called the... Uh, there's a DVD out there that you can buy on Amazon. I think it's like 50 bucks or something like that. And it has, I don't know, something like the first 300 issues of Spider-Man on this DVD. And they're just scanned PDFs. Now they're pretty cool because they also contain, it's clearly the scanned book. Like I'm looking at one right now and you can see the staples, right? This is clearly a book uh, that someone has actually scanned. So you're seeing what someone saw when they bought this on the newsstand when it came out, Excuse me, so that's what's great about that. Also, it's a relatively cheap option. I really think I could check, I guess, but like I think it is about fifty bucks. Um, and they're all on on DVD as a PDF, basically. It's just a storage um, let's see if I can find this. The amazing Spider-Man. Oh shit. If you look at the Amazing (laughs) Spider-Man DVD, you get uh, some movies. CD-ROM maybe. That's probably what we need to look at, right? 40 years of the Amazing Spider-Man is one option. That's like a $70 investment there, um, which is pretty cool. 500 plus on this one. Now this is a little different than the one I have. I should probably get that one. Uh, This is the one I have. The Amazing Spider-Man The Complete Collection. Um, Available for $319.95. JK. This is not really worth the price. Uh, Although there's over 560 printable comics. All the annuals are in there. Annuals. So I would suggest this uh, 40 Years of Spider-Man software. This seems to be highly rated. It's also very inexpensive at uh, $70, which I know sounds like a lot. But when you're talking about 500 issues, I'm not going to do the math there. But it's extremely cost-unprohibitive. And it's full color. Because here's the last option I'm going to suggest. They do make an uh, edition called an Essentials Edition. Now, this is printed on uh, phone book paper, basically. Which, by the way, whoever makes phone books, how about you just quit making phone books, you start printing comics... Because no one's using the phone book. You know you're just selling the ad space. Just drop comics on everyone's door. I would read that. I really would. It wouldn't matter if it was old Detective Comics or the old Fantastic Four where the thing goes back in time and thinks he's Blackbeard. Or maybe he was Blackbeard. I don't know. And he just looks like the thing with a fake beard tacked on his face. I would read that. You gotta crap. You gotta do something while you're crapping. I don't know. Are people just staring at the wall while they take dumps? What's going on? So I think that um, The Essentials, here's the thing. The Essentials came out when I was a young man, and I remember reading them. I would read them uh, while I did laundry, and I would sit in the laundry room because it was the warmest room in our house, which was very cold. And I would just plow through, you know, a couple years of Amazing Spider-Man at one time. And this was great because at that time, they hadn't really re-released all these issues in, like, an affordable format, so as a kid, I, I, never, I always wanted to read these early issues, these amazing fantasy 15s and the first 100 issues of Spider-Man and all these historic events. Because this, this is how you know when they do that test of like, you should do what you, what you just want to do naturally. And it's, I'm saying these historic events. It was an historic amazing event. So the essentials are a good option if you don't, here's the thing about the essentials, you will miss the color and the prints aren't as good, which I I don't think is a big deal either because, you know, I just don't think, I I don't have enough self-esteem to think I deserve good things. Um, boy, however, it's an option. Um, when you compare it side by side with like one of the omnibus editions, for example you'll it's like when Dorothy gets to fucking Oz and the whole world's in color right It just I, that's a pretty literal thing. I didn't mean it to be so direct one to one hey it's like when the color comes, it's like when the color comes in this other thing. But all I mean to say is that it's a little it's it's more jarring than you'd think to read them in black and white okay so without further ado let's get to issue number two now in issue number two we have two great villains the vulture and the terrible tinkerer now the vulture to me is an interesting one because he oh you know what if you listen to other podcasts which i'm sure you do because if this is the only podcast you're listening to that's insane. Uh, you know they have a lot of ads So we have an ad today too It's actually the first page of this comic book And it's for the uh, The world's greatest molder of handsome he-men And champs out of weakling says You can now get Free Skinnier fat fi-. Okay this doesn't make s- The layout of this is crazy There is so much text I don't understand it you know, I used to have, when I was a kid, I used to have uh, some OCD things that I did. And it's hard to explain. But one of the OCD things I had was, if I was reading a comic book, I had to read every word of text. Now, I didn't have to read the ads. That wasn't part of it. But in the text, I had to read. So, for example, you know every Batman comic, this probably turned me off of Batman quite a bit. Because they're always like, oh, let's fill the thing with ha, 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 the Joker is saying. I would have to read every ha, so I'd have to put my finger on each one to make sure I went over and read each and every one. And for those of you unfamiliar, I mean, for me, the way this manifested was like, these things would come up, these sort of challenges for myself, and if I didn't do them, I just knew something horrible would happen. I couldn't tell you what. I couldn't say exactly, oh, well, this is going to happen or that's going to happen. I just, whatever the worst thing would be, that would happen. And the thing was, is you would feel you were compelled to do it because I would be like, you know what's going to happen? This horrible thing's going to happen. And I'm going to look back on this moment when I didn't read the Joker saying, ha, 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 and I'm going to say, why didn't I just do that? You know, I wouldn't have lost my fucking leg or my mom wouldn't have died if I didn't, uh, if I had just read all those ha's. I, I had control. So anyway, an ad like this would have made me crazy if I'd had to read the ads. There's a little insight into my life. My favorite part of this ad is uh, there's a real ripped guy and it says this now, this now magnificent modern Hercules 26-year-old teacher, William Butler. So this is like a super ripped teacher, I guess. <laughs> he looks like a reject, a reject from Welcome Back Cotter and I don't mean a reject teacher. I mean uh, uh, Cotter. No, not Cotter. A sweat hog. Okay, so let's get down to business. So the comic opens, and we've got the vulture. Now here's what you need to know about the vulture. (laughs) The vulture is an old man in a bird suit. And his bird suit is extra hilarious because up near the top, he's got this, like, fuzzy wreath around his head. And then he's just got his whole bald, stupid-looking head exposed. So he comes flying in. He steals a briefcase from some asshole and flies off. And they're like... Well, shit, I guess if some guy just built a bird suit, decides to fly down and snatch a suit, a briefcase, or a suitcase, whatever, any kind of case, contact lens case, how, how would we stop that? How would we really combat that? So all these people are looking at him. By the way, there is a panel in here uh, of the bystanders, and they are the ugliest people I've ever seen in my life. It was like, it almost seems like, uh, you know how sometimes you'll see the artists in comics, will draw, like, real busty ladies or whatever, or weird butts. This is almost like the artist was thinking, I wonder how ugly I can draw these people. I have, like, an ape man. I have a horribly just, oh, God. I have a Hitler. I have a woman whose head looks like a sphere. Anyway, we cut to, uh, then we cut to J. Jonah Jameson Publishing, Now Magazine. So apparently he's not working at the Daily Bugle yet. He's at Now Magazine, whatever the fuck that is. And uh, he's, you know, I want pictures of Spider-Man. I want these pictures. Um, Oh, no, I'm sorry. He wants pictures of the vulture. He's like, I need a, I want a picture of this old man flying around in a bird suit, which I agree with. If I was reading a newspaper, if I was someone who was stupid enough to read a newspaper, I, and there was like an old man flying around in a bird suit, stealing shit. I'd be like, yeah, this newspaper needs a picture. And he's like, if we don't get a picture, we'll have to do a drawing. Which is like, that's crazy. Can you imagine a newspaper having a drawing on the cover of something? 9-11 happened today. We oh, didn't get a picture, but here's a drawing of what I think it would look like. I mean, if John Ramita did it, it would probably be pretty good. So anyway, cut to Midtown High, where Peter Parker is... Test tube in hand, notebook in the other hand, and he's studying chemistry, right? now, he overhears the other students talking, and he's like, they're all saying, you know, boy, I bet if someone could get a picture of that vulture, they could make a fortune. And he's like, hmm, that's a good idea. I can use spider powers to get a picture of whatever the fuck I want. So then, of course, he's like uh, thinking about this, and he's got this great plan. And there you go. So he's going he's gonna to take a picture of the vulture using his spider powers. So he puts on his costume and he's ready to go. Cut to the vulture, who's in some crazy warehouse hideout. Uh, he's looking at the newspaper. And apparently the newspaper is reporting on, you know, uh, the city is going to move... a Park Avenue Jewelry Exchange is moving a million dollars worth of diamonds to their new offices. Now, why the newspaper? Again... Uh, drawing things on the cover and reporting on the movement of a large amount of diamonds around the city, just from a private business, seems irresponsible to me. I was going to say borderline irresponsible. There's nothing borderline. It is 100% irresponsible. So, of course, he's like, oh, well, I guess I'll steal that. And this Magoo-looking motherfucker is like, I bet they're trying to, they're expecting me, but uh, no one can stop me, so fuck them. So then he flies off from his uh, secret base, which is on Staten Island. Hey! Oh! And uh, runs into Spider-Man. Spider-Man sees him, and he's like, oh, I'm going to take a picture. And uh, Spider-Man sees him flying. The Vulture, this is a very curious, very comic booky thing he does. So he's going to steal the diamonds, like, later. So he decides, you know what I need to do? is uh go ahead and i tied a bunch of notes around rocks and i'm gonna throw them through the windows at different places like the police station he throws one into jameson's window and you know it's just a note tied around a rock that says i shall steal the diamond shipment from under your noses the vulture (laughs) so he's like just so you know i'm stealing that shit and then the cop in the police station is like But we must go ahead with the transfer of the diamonds We can't let the city think that one criminal Can make us change our plans Which you're like, oh That seems reasonable That seems like a uh, A reasonable thing to do No, we couldn't possibly I don't know, maybe um, Maybe do the shipment like an hour earlier You know what I mean? Maybe do a little bit of a different plan Maybe, I don't know It seems like something you could do, right? It seems like a thing that's possible. So then Spider-Man runs into the vulture while he's distributing his notes. Um, And then what the vulture does is beat the shit out of him and then drop him into a a water tank on the top of a hotel. So here's what was great about that. That instantly reminded me of, did you guys hear this story? There was this tourist Uh, who basically, there's like video of her getting into an elevator and she pushes like a weird sequence of buttons or something and allegedly, uh, you know, went insane. And then she goes up to the roof and then they find her dead body in a water tank on this hotel's roof like two weeks later. And, you know, people have been staying in the hotel and showering and drinking the water and shit. I just wanted to... I can't, I can't, sometimes I want to say a thing and then I think this has haunted me for so long and I was, I wish I didn't know it. So I'm going to just tell you, but if you don't want to know this, skip like 15 seconds. I read this Augustin Burroughs story one time where he was talking about how, um, somewhere he was, the water was really weird. Like in the shower, it was rancid or something and they took the shower head off and there was a dead rat corpse like in the pipe. So all the water was filtering through this dead rat corpse. (laughs) So anyway, this girl was found naked in the water tank on the roof, which was really weird. And uh, the Vulture dumped Spider-Man in a similar water tank. So instantly I thought of that. And I don't know if anyone's ever heard of this. There's supposedly this thing you can do called Elevator to Another World, right? And this is like one of the theories of what happened to her is she did this Elevator to Another World and fucked it up. Because here's what you got to do. You get into a building and it's got to have a 10 stories high, and it has to have an elevator. And so here's what you do. Get in the elevator on the first floor, and don't proceed with the game if anyone's in the elevator with you. Press the button for the fourth floor. When the elevator reaches the fourth floor, don't get out. Instead, remain in the elevator and press the button for the second floor. When you reach the second floor, remain in the elevator. Press the button for sixth floor. When you reach that, Go to the second floor. When you reach the second floor, go to the tenth floor. When you reach the tenth, press for fifth. When you reach the fifth floor, a young woman may enter the elevator. Do not look at her. Do not speak to her. She is not what she seems. Press the button for the first floor. If the elevator begins ascending to the tenth floor instead of descending to the first, you may proceed. If the elevator descends to the first floor, exit as soon as the door open. Do not look back. Do not speak. If you reach the 10th floor, you may either choose to get off the elevator or to stay on it. If you choose to get off, and if the woman entered the elevator on the 5th floor, she will ask you, where are you going? Do not answer her. Do not look at her. You will know whether you arrived at the other world by one indication and one indication only. The only person present in it is you. Then, here's the return trip. If you chose to stay on the elevator at the 10th floor, press the button for the 1st floor. If it doesn't work, keep pressing until it does. (laughs) which is basically what we all do in the elevator. When the elevator reaches the first floor, exit as soon as the doors open. Do not look back. Do not speak. If you choose to exit the elevator at the 10th floor, you must use the same elevator to return as the one in which you arrived. When you enter... See, now I'm like bored and I don't want to read all the directions, but then I just had this thought of like, what if someone did this and this podcast was the only thing that could bring them back? When you enter the elevator, press the buttons in the same order you did in steps 2 through 8 of venturing out. You should finish at the fifth floor. When you reach the fifth floor, press the button for the first floor. The elevator will again be- begin to ascend to the 10th floor. Press any other floor's button to cancel the ascension. You must press the button you use to cancel the ascension before you reach the 10th floor. After you reach the first floor, check your surroundings carefully. If anything seems off, even the smallest detail, do not exit the elevator. If you detect something wrong, repeat step two until your surroundings look as they should. Once you are confident you have returned to your own world, you may safely exit the elevator. So there you go. Um, Some say that electronic devices don't work in the other world. Others say they do. Getting back to your own world may be more difficult than it seems. You may become disoriented and forget which elevator in which you arrived. The elevator may seem to get further and further away as you walk towards and so on. Be vigilant and keep your wits about you. If at any point during the r- ritual you faint, pass out, or otherwise lose consciousness, you will likely wake up in your own home. However, be sure to carefully examine your surroundings upon waking. The home to which you have been returned may not be the one you left when you first set out to attempt this ritual. And concerning the woman on the fifth floor, do not speak to her, do not look at her. If you do, she may decide to keep you for her own. Um, that freaks me the fuck out. I want I do want to take these directions and like put them in an elevator, though. Next time I go to a hotel or something. I have to do it somewhere else. I mean, I have a three-floor apartment. So I guess I'm safe from other dimensions. Anywho, let's get back to the story. Uh, so Spider-Man's in the water tank, and he's like, well, how the hell am I going to escape his powers? He can't climb up it for some reason. He ripped the door off a helicopter before. But he can't get out of this So he swims down to the bottom He pushes off to jump And he's rocketing towards the surface And then we have another advertisement A well-placed ad That keeps us from uh, the conclusion So, you know, you can have uh, You can do lightning jujitsu class The key to hypnosis And uh, mechanical drawing So these are courses you can send away for You know, jujitsu, which would be fucking awesome Hypnosis, which would be fucking awesome And also mechanical drawing, which is a thing you could do. So of course he escapes. Spider-Man hits the roof. Uh, He goes back to the lab, and he makes a new belt for himself. He adds web cartridges. This is like a whole. This is gonna last for so long. If you've only seen the movies, if you've not really watched uh, or read the comics and stuff, in the Tobey Maguire movies, he's got these organic web shooters. This is like a big difference in Spider-Man. Sometimes organic, sometimes mechanical. Organic means it just comes out of his body. Mechanical is he has these basically wristbands, these live strong wristbands that shoot out the web. And they require cartridges of web fluid. He also has a belt with a camera on it, so now he can take pictures. So now he's ready to fucking rock. He's going to catch this asshole, the vulture, and so on. So he's out on the street as Peter Parker to, you know, where they think... The vulture is gonna show up to rob this guy carrying these diamonds, right? And uh, he's like, "Oh shit! There's a a bunch of cops. There's a helicopter. I gotta get away so I can transform into Spider-Man." And uh, of course, Flash Thompson, Midtown High bully dickhead, sees him walking away and is like, "Look, gang! Little Petey is chickening out. Guess the excitement excitement is too much for his delicate little self." So these guys are walking down the street with, I guess, a million dollars of diamonds, right? This is their their brilliant plan. Uh, They're going to just go, oh, by the way, with this new belt, um, I like that uh, it's got compartments. When am I going to get a belt with compartments in it? When am I, as an adult man, worth a belt with compartments? Hmm? There's one on my Amazon wish list, and it only holds like a spare key, but it still seems worth it. Okay, so the vulture is going to attack, of course, and they're all looking around. Well, he pops out of the sewer, because they're like, oh, shit, well, we kind of thought you were going to come from the sky. You came out of the sewer. Motherfucker. So he flies away, and then Spider-Man gives chase. There's this great part in here, which I think is kind of like some of the appeal of Spider-Man, which is he's like, uh, the thing I like best about being Spider-Man is scaling these sheer walls. I don't think I'll ever stop getting a charge out of it. It's not like the best expression, but what I like about Spider-Man is he mostly seems to enjoy having spider powers. You know, there are a lot of superheroes who are like burdened by their powers or whatever, but uh, he's kind of like web swinging and stuff is pretty fucking awesome. And I, I like that. As a reader, I'm a fan. So they tussle, the Vulture and Peter Parker, however this time... Peter Parker slash Spider-Man has a plan. He's got some device that looks like a vibrator. Most devices in old comics look like a vibrator. And uh, it just knocks the vulture out of the sky. He kind of spirals his way to the ground, but he can't fly anymore. And uh, there's this great... He hits this rooftop, and he's there, and he's like, Oh, I can't get up. The wind got knocked out of me, and the cops come bust him. And this is like the reminder portion of like, Yeah, this is like a fucking 75-year-old man flying around in this and he takes a he takes a spill and a little speed and he's just like oh dear god i'm old what was i thinking turns out the device that spider-man used, uh well here you go if they asked me how i stopped him i could have told them the absence of noise gave me the clue i suspected that the vulture had discovered a way to harness magnetic power that's why my gadget made him fall it's an anti-magnetic inverter and it worked Uh, all I have to say to that is fucking magnets, how do they work? Uh, Peter Parker sells the pictures to Jameson, makes some fucking paper, and the vulture swears revenge from a jail cell, and the end of the story. Now, of course, these being old, there's two stories in every issue. We can't just stop there, we have to keep going. So now we get to The Tinkerer, uh... Here's the thing. The Vulture, there's like these different levels of Spider-Man villains. There's Nemeses, right? These are the ones who are his uh, worst enemies, his Sinister Sixes, his Dr. Octopi, your Venoms, your uh, Shockers. No, Electro. He's got two electric bad guys that are kind of similar, uh, which is weird. But, you know, these guys, Craven, the Hunter even would fit in here. Then he's got his like mid-tier yet recurring ones. And the Vulture may even be in the Sinister Six. I'm not really sure. But I've always thought the Vulture was like kind of one of these mid-tier ones that made a lot of appearances and seemed stupid. And was kind of like... I was always surprised how often he came back. He's no Green Goblin. You know, he's not flying around in a Halloween costume throwing pumpkin bombs. He's just kind of an old man in a bird suit stealing briefcases. And then you've got your bottom tier, right? Your stilt men, things like that. So the vulture is probably in the top tier in terms of how often you'll see him. And if they do a, a Spider-Man cartoon of any length, the vulture, in, vulture inevitably shows up. Uh, but as far as like his cool factor is pretty low. But then we've got the tinkerer who is like even worse. So, you know, the first page of these old comics is always spider-man fighting the bad guy because it's like here's what's gonna happen but wait let's get to some boring stuff first and you know spider-man's thinking he looks so harmless and yet the tinker is one of the greatest menaces i've ever faced oh he's using the menace word the m word we don't use that word here spider-man um and he says he looks in a s- harmless but he looks fucking scary he looks like goddamn dan Aykroyd in nothing but trouble if you ask me Okay, so here's what happens. Peter Parker gets a a science gig, working for a scientist, which turns out to be basically being his errand boy. You know, he's like, hey, go to this place and pick up my radio, which I got repaired by this fucking old man. And that's science. This This is the problem with the academic system in America. You have a brilliant scientist like Peter Parker who's invented web shooters and web fluid that no one else seems to be able to replicate. I just... Can't once like Iron Man shoot out a spider web on someone and be like, Fuck you, I figured it out. I could do that. But no, instead of uh instead of having Peter Parker intern and like do science, he's like, Go pick up my radio boy. So he goes, and this old man's like, Oh yeah, I'll go get it. And he goes in the back room, goes down these stairs into a dungeon where there's a huge monster uh repairing a radio. Except he's like Oh, I inserted a special device in the radio. I want to just read this dialogue. I think before I was talking about how sometimes the dialogue in these comics is a little uh, So this is the alien. I have inserted our special device. He will never suspect that this is now much more than a simple radio. Tinkerer. So far, none of our special customers suspects what we have done to their radios while we were supposed to be repairing them. Alien. Naturally, our plan must be completely secret until we are ready to strike. So it's just like, let's explain that there's a plan and it's a secret plan. And then the rest, that'll keep the reader intrigued. So then uh, the Tinker gives the radio to Peter Parker and he's like, here's your radio, Sonny. And uh, that'll be one dime. And he's like, really? A dime? Even at this time, I suppose, to get a radio repaired for a dime was redunk, And uh, this, is what, this is what sets Peter Parker slash Spider-Man on the trail of the Tinkerer, because he's like, no one could do that. He would be operating at a loss. It's Peter Parker's natural cheap fuckness that gets the Tinkerer in so much trouble. His cheapness is basically his Spidey sense at this point, right? Ah, my Spidey sense is going off. Uh, it's like there's a discount to be had here so he goes back to check out the tinkerer's lair he goes he finds the underground dungeon and then we get more expository dialogue yes our electronic spy devices hidden in radios belonging to important earthlings have enabled us to learn much about their strengths and weaknesses before we attack this unsuspecting planet And then a guy says, quiet, I'm processing the latest pictures relayed back to us by our pinpoint TV spy device, which you planted in the radio of a military leader. I like something that I think is going to come up a lot. And then I want to make sure to point out, this is the most common thing that bad guys say is some version of silence or quiet you or something like that. They just always want other people to shut up. Shut up. I got to say more expository dialogue. Then we have this ad. Now, this came up a lot. It shows a coin, and it says reward uh, $9,985.50 for this coin. If you find this coin, we'll give you this much money, right? And so it's like, hey, if you send in these different coins, we'll give you this much. Now, this one's the specific reward $9,985.50. Also, how crazy would you have to be to send in a coin and just be like, I, they'll probably send me money, right? I mean, this was it was a risk back in the day if you mailed away for something because you would put like $40 in an envelope and send it off and then be like, well, I hope that comes back. I hope my thing shows up because I have no recourse if it doesn't show. What am I going to do, review them on Yelp in 25 years when that exists? No. But to send a coin worth $10,000 in the mail... That would be crazy. I guess the only people who would have done that, it's maybe like, hey, kids, you know your dad's got a coin collection, right? No, just go take a look. Uh, The next page, they're talking, and another guy tells another guy, silence. Spider-Man busts in. They have a fight. They trap him in a little dome. He breaks out of the dome. He also destroys their panel, which is great. He punches a guy who falls into another guy who's like, you fool, you jarred my arm. I've destroyed our control panel. It would take months to rebuild that control planner. We have it the time. Let's flee while spider- Spider-Man's too powerful. So basically the one guy stumbles into the other guy. They break the control panel. He's like, oh fuck, we broke this thing. Run. So they just take off. Uh, he tr- Spider-Man tries to capture the tinkerer. The building burns and uh, Spider-Man narrowly escapes because it looks like our spider friend has become a real firebug. You guys like that? He's a firebug. Okay, so anyway, spaceship takes off. They say, it is done. We can never again return to Earth. They will be on guard from this day on. So that's a nice tidy package, right? They wrap that up pretty nicely. Well, we can't ever come back, and here's the sort of weird reason, but we can't do it. Okay, bye, guys. And uh, that's the end. And the Tinkerer was a mask, by the way. Um. The ending wrapped up fast for me, and part of why is that on the next page, there is an ad for a darling live pet monkey. This live squirrel monkey makes an adorable, playful pet. Show it affection and receive companionship and joy from its company. Almost human with its friendly eyes, children and adults love it as a pet. Approximately six months old, simple to take care of and train, eats same food as you do, grows about 12 inches high, free cage and instructions included. Live de- delivery guaranteed. Only 1995 express collect mail checker money order for 1995 to Animal the Farm Department 202 Box 1042 Miami Beach 39 Florida. Now, part of me hopes that you just get a stuffed monkey because the horror of getting a real monkey in the mail for 20 bucks that you ordered out of the back of a comic book uh seems insane and they're like guarantee i mean guaranteed live delivery i guess right that's yeah we won't just send you a corpse how are they guaranteeing that how are they gonna know they just send it and then it arrives they're not gonna fucking know if this monkey's dead they'll never know but uh yeah so i would have been more amazed i think by the alien portion if i wasn't looking at an ad for hey you could just buy a monkey As any person there's no, there's no vetting process We just send you a monkey And then you have it And there you have it uh, Issue number two of The Amazing Spider-Man We had the Vulture We had some aliens We had a goddamn monkey If you can believe it or not uh, Stay tuned Next time, True Believers We'll be talking issue number three Which is the uh, debut Of Dr. Octopus.